Welcome to episode 98 of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. It's going to be a great day, a great episode, and a timely conversation for everyone who's gearing up for the fall season. Speaking of regrouping, we probably fall into that as well. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. We have not met on Zoom for at least two months. Had a groove going of recording podcast, had them all rolling with meeting in Troy, Illinois, and doing uh, the tech versions, however it worked out. And I know we did one this summer. We were both at the same camp, Dave, and that was fun. And I also know that you pulled off several awesome interviews on our podcast. And so we encourage listeners, if they haven't listened in a while, to go back and listen to each of those. And it was uh, excellent stuff. And so I appreciate you doing that. Oh, I have had a wonderful time with meeting these different worship leaders, and uh, several of them I already knew. One of them was our cousin, Anthony, and then some other people. Yeah. It's just been a great experience. Yeah. It's, it sounded awesome. It was really cool. And I just got another email from another um, worship team. I'll have to tell you about that after this podcast. It's it's going to be a great one as well. So everybody's going to look forward to that, and I can't even say who it is yet because I need to go back and double check to make sure it's right. <laughs> but we're <laughs> okay. looking forward to doing more of those. Well, staying true to our goal, we want to jump right into the content here today to help worship leaders and teams. Our topic is regrouping your worship team after the summer. What are your initial thoughts on this, Tim? Well, this this is probably pretty obvious. I mean, everybody is moving into the fall season, so this isn't like a rocket science, but every church has its own summer summer culture. And so I've known some churches, uh, several actually, where the worship leader also works in the school system and has at least that sort of rhythm in life. And as a result, um, with the freedom in the summer that comes from being an educator, they really push and stretch and grow during the summer. Like they use that time to really, you know, hone in and get things done and work on stuff. Other times, based on the, you know, culture of the congregation, the summer might dip a little bit in terms of leaders. And you might find so many vacations and people blocking off of planning center and so many different things going on that uh, you wind up um, laying a little bit more low so, for example, in our church, one young man who plays bass with us was on a two-month mission trip, so we didn't see him all summer. And a couple others who are newly retired blocked off literally four or five Sundays for a vacation, and it makes sense. So, And then, of course, my own life, um, for the last 30 years now, I've invested five or six weeks of each summer serving at church camps and special events and leading music, you know, week-long events, day after day. And so, as a result, I really most often uh, wind up inviting others to serve on the Sundays I'm gone. That adds a certain level of intensity to the summer, but basically our goal in the summer is to do simple stuff really well. We just don't try a bunch of new things, but kind of do the basics, familiar songs and all that type of stuff. So in essence, I guess we don't really hit the brakes in the summer, but we don't really hit the gas pedal either. So Either way, it's a starting point. The fall is definitely a new entry point, a new starting point for vision and excitement and regrouping everybody. So that's what we're working on today. All right. Well, at our church, we're still relatively new. We we started at the end of last summer, beginning of last fall. So I haven't had a chance to to feel the groove for what's going on uh, at our church. But Well, it could be that the summer for you is just like every other part of the season. So it, it actually has been. That's true. That's true. There hasn't really been uh, any kind of different format or, or whatever, other than lots of people being gone over the yeah. summer. Yeah. We ought to do a podcast. I think I did one somewhere along the way on summers, but some of that summer stuff is psychological because you can use summer to be a springboard more than 
uh, poor us, everybody's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird. But one of the biggest things I've learned is I just don't say anything about everybody being gone in the summer because you get all the eyeballs looking at you and they're like, we're here. And so yeah. <laughs> I sort of just, I sort of just never say that anymore. And yeah, I, I sort of gotten into the groove where I, in a passive aggressive kind of way on a, on a kind side, I guess, I just try to post in such a way on social media that everybody who's gone is like, Oh shoot, that's sad. We were at the beach. We missed it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of been my go-to for student ministry and camps and all that. Just sort of make it such a big deal and and don't apologize for going big on, on those fronts. But anyway, that's just a thought when you said that it really is true that summer does have a dip in inconsistency for sure. Mm -hmm. So well, here's the list. These are eight ideas for regrouping your team after the summer. Uh, number one, send communication. I don't know if you've discovered this, but um, when I am trying to get back into the groove of something, one of the best things I can do is put together an email to everybody. And in the process of writing that email or that post or that newsletter article for our church publication, it it winds up jogging my my framework is sort of like, oh man, I got to make sure people know about this and this and this and, and come to think of it, I don't even know about this yet. So I need to research this and figure out what day this is and when we're going to happen and you know how that's going to work. And so if you um, are just getting back into the groove or needing to up the ante of your worship team, um, send some sort of group communication. And one, one thing you could do at this point is basically celebrate the summer, say thanks to every person who played a role. And, and then you can move into the dates coming up or a theme that's going to be preached or um, it's a great time as fall starts to re-up the commitments or gather information from your team like you know how how much they want to serve or or how many any updated contact anything that you want to do uh, sending a communication that's kind of like hey we're getting ready to move into a new season and everything is gonna jump in gear here so be ready and that that helps you and it helps your team Helps them feel included, if nothing else, even if you don't have anything earth shattering to share. So, yeah, that's important. Just the constant contact and making everybody feel like a team. Yep. Yeah. And that's a easy way to do it. And it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, plan and schedule. Yeah. And, and this is uh, every time I read these and every time we have a podcast, I always think about the listener, the end user of these and wondering if it creates a urgency or if it creates a stress or if it creates, you know, like a, Oh no, I'm never going to get it together. Uh, truth be told some of this stuff I'm constantly needing to be reminded of as well, but planning and scheduling is, um, different than another point toward the end of this list, but it's really just looking at the calendar for the fall and determining what you're going to do. What's the direction that your pastor is taking? What new songs might you incorporate? Who will be joining your group? Any of those little things that you can just have in your mind and and take just even an hour to look at your calendar and check is it builds expectation. It helps things grow. One of the things I always do in my calendar is look through it and check to see what Sundays I'll be gone, what Sundays are holiday Sundays, and um, how it's, you know, what Sundays might be communion Sundays or some bigger kind of thing happening. And I just kind of, you know, cruise through there so I can kind of know what kind of music or what kind of scheduling or what kind of planning is going to take on the intensity of those weeks. And if I know I'm going to be gone a Sunday, then right now in August, if I haven't already, I'll schedule the worship leaders for those Sundays that I'm gone. Make sure there's an anchor there to take care of it. 
You mentioned uh, what new songs, and that got me thinking, hey, we didn't have do any kind of opening thing at the beginning of, uh, you know, what kind of book you've been reading or, you know, whatever. So I'm going to yeah. just plug that right here, right now. Oh, sure. A new song we did this summer that apparently it's only a couple of years old, um, but I'd never heard it before. It was Hallelujah Anyway by Ren Collective. Have you heard that song? Mm, I have heard it, yeah. Uh, we, we love that song. Yeah. There's a playlist that we found called Fresh Christian. Fresh Christian. Okay. It was stuck on my phone because we used it at camps this summer. And it's just a bunch of songs that aren't as played, I guess. I'm not sure what the, the qualifications are for being on that list. But anyway, Hallelujah Anyway is on there. I've heard it a lot. So Nice. Uh, is that uh, Spotify playlist? Uh, it's Amazon Music. Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New songs. It, I mean, you don't want to inundate your group and send a million songs, but if you have one that's really on your heart and you haven't ever done it before, that's one way to kind of get everybody moving. Just here's a new song. We're all going to learn this before September you know, 14th or whatever. Nice. Number three, schedule a community building event. And I know I talked to you about this before, Dave, but do you guys do those type of things? Do you ever have like just a worship team gathering outside of rehearsal and leading? Not the whole team. We have regular barbecues at one of the uh, people in the church who have the space in their home to take, you know, 20 yeah. or 30 people. And, and, and it's not just the worship team. It's, it's a lot of the people too. So the team is there, but it's not just yeah. the team. So no, we, cool. we don't really have anything like that, but we really need to uh, start incorporating that. Well, I, I I think one of the best ways to build a team is to have an objective. And so there's nothing wrong with the team uh, being committed to weekly gatherings on the Sundays they're on and getting together, praying, practicing, and leading worship. Like that's a huge team building thing. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the times when those are all go times. There's not much time to have a, you know, a slower agenda. And so one of the things that, uh, I just like to try to do, and I try to do this four times a year. Sometimes it's just three. It kind of depends is to have a community building event. Hardly matters what it is, as long as it's not getting ready for church on Sunday morning. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it could be any other time. And we've done all kinds of different things. We, we used to do breakfast potlucks that lasted for a while. We'd all meet early and everybody bring stuff. And, um, we've done lunch after church. We've, we've done Sunday evenings. We've done something in people's homes. I think in June 11th, we did a backyard barbecue at one of the people's homes and had the whole team there worship in tech. So really the, the goal isn't necessarily a particular agenda, although it doesn't hurt if you have one, like somebody sharing our testimony or vision or prayer time, any of those things are great. But the, the best part of it is that people are together to visit without a, um, without the clock ticking. So Sounds good to me. Yep. I might have to bring that up. And they don't have to be expensive. Mm-hmm. A potluck really works pretty well. If you had a real small group, and I, from the description, sometimes what you have seems like you have like a more of a core group. And if I had a real small group, I think I would just try to meet for lunch at some restaurant and skip all the logistics and the planning mm-hmm. and let everybody just show up there and say, hey, we're going here. If you want to go, come on over. Yeah. <laughs> so that'd be an easy way to do it too. Yeah. Sounds good. Yep. Number four is a time of training. And again, this is uh, probably one that can be incorporated in many ways, and it should also be ongoing, not just, you know, one time in early September. But uh, some ideas might include um, setting aside a time to talk about expectation or your vision or growth for the ministry. And that could be incorporated into one of those community nights as well. And even if not everybody is there when you have these training events, the writing it out will help steer the ship. And things you might want in writing are like the schedule of the rehearsal time, your expectations on planning center and responding, 
uh, rehearsal expectations in general, like making sure everything's ready before you come. Dress code, growth and spiritual maturity, all those things can be written out just so people have it on paper and they can be able to say, yeah, this is what we we do. But there's other ways. I mean, the the standard ways of like um, sign up for some kind of work, workshop somewhere or uh, inviting your team to visit other churches and then bring back inspiration and ideas that they have. And um, just so many different ways, e- even simple ways of not even meeting at all, just sending a text with a video tutorial that you found that's great about stage presence or something like that. And one of my big motivations for making sure that I um, talk to people and, and help equip and train is motivated by this thought. If one of my team members has to move and join another church, I really want that worship team leader from the new church to be inspired by the level of humble commitment and effective ministry of anyone coming from our church. And for whatever reason, that little thought has planted in my mind. And over the years, it's changed my my uh, sort of call for deeper commitment to our from, from our team from just doing that for our own sake, but really doing it for the whole kingdom, the whole gospel, and, and whatever church they might be a part of. And I especially do it with our young adults and youth ministry. Like, hey, no phones on stage. Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Learn this. Learn that. Make sure you're on time. All those things hammered in now are going to make a big difference for their lives in the future, whatever church they're a part of. So, Well, my limited uh, interactions with your, your harvest team last year and this year at the church camp and then at some of the events that you had me involved with at the uh-huh. church, um, I'm... I'm I'm very impressed by the the the, uh, the humble commitment that the phrase that you're using there with their stage presence with how they interact off the stage that type of thing and I can really tell that you have invested the time in training them. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks. It's hard to know when you're right in it, but you sort of have to watch for the fruit later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in in music especially, there is a a danger of pride, especially I don't know about drummers. But with uh, electric guitar players, especially, and then um, vocalists can have an issue with pride. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't, I, there was a, a saxophone player last year at Kia. Yeah. And my first thought was, oh, saxophone. What, what is this? How is this going to look like? And just talking to him a little bit, he was just the most humble guy. And uh-huh. uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, one of the best things you could do for... Um... I mean, I think one of the best things you can do for humility in worship ministry is about once a year, go lead for a kids or youth camp. Mm. (laughs) This is just a big, I mean, there's no production hardly at all. And it's just totally different. And, um, and so that's good. You point that out. That's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. And I could probably say some more about that, but, uh, we could save that for later, Mm -hmm. but Number five, vision for the fall. And uh, we're talking about the season, not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, again, something you have to weave throughout the year, but it never hurts to go back to the basics. And so I always like the idea of, you know, why are we here? What is our job? Why do we exist? Uh, where have we been and where are we going? Those are the questions that really you can use to help your team think about what the what the dreams are for your ministry i love what one guy said i think of a guy named will and i can't remember his last name now started with an m he said uh one of the best ways to encourage and inspire your team is to ask what do we want to be like two years from now because whatever that is has to start now and Mm -hmm. i always thought that was great but i think on our um on our 
blog post for this podcast episode. You can take a look at worshipleadertoolbox.com. I think I added in a, a another post that was linked to this one that um, involves four questions that you can ask your team and help get moving, help change direction and share a vision for what, what things could look like. And people love vision. Scripture talks about that. And we even people have experienced it. Everybody loves it when they know they're heading towards something that's not a sinking ship or it's, it's not so much, Oh, we need people. It's, we've got an opportunity for people to really invest their lives here. No matter what size your church is, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's an opportunity. So if you don't mind me putting you on the spot, you want to share some of your goals and dreams for this fall or for two, two years from now or whatever? Yeah. Well, I'm in a unique place because we've just hired a new worship leader at our church. And so I have the opportunity to be a part of this transition in some ways and also the ongoing kind of, um, you know, ministry in that realm. And I also uh, have the opportunity to lead this other ministry harvest. So I'm kind of in two worlds. And so my vision for um, our church is to continually grow the the leadership of those involved in ministry with the worship team and the tech team. We have a ton of students to help with tech. We have a ton of students that are in worship bands. And, um, and so I, I have a kind of a, a newfangled uh, observation of looking in to this whole thing while somebody new starts. And so maybe this, this year's vision might not be as grandiose as some years, but I'm, um, looking forward to our, our, uh, some of the stuff becoming more organized and a little tighter in terms of what's presented on Sunday morning, what's on the screen, matching what's being said, matching what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, even little tiny things like the backstage area being functional and effective for ministry, all those things, um, are part of the vision for the church side of things. Yeah. And then for the harvest world, um, we definitely do have a vision and this may go down a path different than just straight worship leading, but Harvest is a nonprofit worship ministry. We've uh, got a few songs on Spotify and YouTube and different places. And we uh, basically, our mission is to um, be out singing, serving and sharing the love of Christ and also raising up the next generation of ministry leaders and Christian disciples. And so one thing we have on the docket for this fall is our Harvathon which is a Friday night event to raise money for the nonprofit ministry for the year. And this year, our vision is to sort of double the goal that we had last year and to uh, open up space in the structure of the ministry to involve um, another like staff person for the sake of me not hoarding all those fun roles and trying to do all of it and, and make it happen effectively. And so that's going to require some doing, but that's basically what we're shooting for for in addition to all the events we're leading. That's what we're shooting for, for the next two months. Nice. Yep. Number six, long-term planning. This one probably goes along with two planning and scheduling, but I was thinking more along the lines of this one being with a, a more detailed calendar, maybe a longer than an hour of just scanning, but actually taking some time out of your schedule to work on it. There's a difference between working in your ministry and working on your ministry. And, um, if we're going to take time to develop and dream and plan toward the goal, all these other things are going to kind of require you to have a little bit of doing this on a personal level, but it also works well for a corporate level. So being together with your pastor or a couple leaders can help um, bring about some good long-term planning and long-term planning is relative. So some people, because they don't know what the sermon is this week, 
they sort of throw out planning because they're like, well, I can't plan. And uh, for some people, long-term planning is five years. Other people, long-term planning is six months. It doesn't really matter which, which level you're on here or what your pastor's style of prep is. Uh, every worship leader can do some sort of long-term planning. Just look out a little bit on the calendar. And especially if you are feeling burned out, which I've experienced that seasons in my life, looking ahead on the calendar and building a fire break, as I've heard it called, like carving out two Sundays that you're not going to be there or whatever it takes to be able to look ahead and know that you're regaining control of, of, a, of a schedule that's caused burnout, then it can really make a big difference. So long-term planning is a, a little secret nugget that really needs to take effect no matter how long out it really is. Yeah, I've seen the benefits of, of having those goals uh, six months out so you know where there's a, at least there's a resting spot. You know, maybe the goal mm -hmm. is something that you're going to do, but also maybe the goal is, okay, we're going to, we're going to work real hard until we get to this spot and then we're going to rest. Yeah. And, uh, I, I remember the first time our pastor said, Hey, um, let's, let's have this, uh, month, this particular weekend. It was a couple months ago. He says on, on this day, I don't even want to see you guys at this church on Sunday morning. I want you to mm -hmm. go visit somebody else's church, something like that on the following Sunday. I want you guys to be in the audience. I don't want you guys leading on that, on that Sunday, you know? And, and so he actually, uh, was setting some good, um, yeah. uh, fire breaks, uh, yeah. for us. And we realized, oh, wow. Yeah. That actually, we, we needed that. That was, that was very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and when you're kind of the, a lot of worship leaders are kind of their own scheduled people, like they have to take initiative to do that. And most of them I know are not on the lazy end of the spectrum. They're on the more work than not spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so it is hard to build that discipline. And sometimes you need somebody to say it. So mm -hmm. the pastor is a supervisor, but most often worship leaders are kind of on their own as their own leader. And so that's, that's good that you did that. Mm -hmm. Number seven meeting with the pastor. I know we've talked about this before too. Um, but whether you have a standing meeting or not checking in with your pastor for the fall is awesome. Just to, mm -hmm. it's a good time. I mean, the fall for whatever reason, Similar to January, those are the two big times of the year when there's a little bit of a reset in people's lives. And um, check in with the pastor just to see how things are going for your pastor, what what they'd like to see in the future, or how things are going from their perspective, or what are their dreams for ministry. I mean, any of those conversations can be an encouragement to the preacher, and it's also good for the worship leader just to have time. And so, um, I know in a perfectionist kind of mindset, you're like, well. I really need a meeting with the pastor every Tuesday at 11 so I can get things rolling. And if that's working out, awesome. Do it. Plan it. Make it happen. But if it doesn't work out, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater again. Just a meeting with the pastor as we kick off September is really beneficial and could, could go for a couple months. So, I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I imagine larger churches have to be more intentional about that because, um, like in our small church, I, we see the pastor two, three times a week. And yeah. if there's an issue, we're like, hey, uh, let's talk about this right now. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not really a big deal, but for a larger church where the pastor has a lot of meetings and a lot of community events and all that kind of stuff, trying to get time with the pastor, um, that could be more, you have to be more intentional. Yeah. I've heard that. you say that before. Like here's, there's times when your families collide with the pastor because you know, you're at the same place at the same time and not, not meeting related. And so mm -hmm. that is a, that is definitely a benefit. Relationships are a benefit in a smaller church. And so in the larger the church, and then you get the mid-sized church, which is kind of a, a whole animal of its own because you have maybe staff people who are paid and required to do certain things, but not necessarily, um, not necessarily 
everybody's full time. And the pastor may not even be like in the, in the groove in that way. And so, yeah, there's like a middle ground there where it kind of gets really choppy. And and then eventually you got people around all week long and it's still, it's hard to do it. It's never easy to line up times to meet. Like that takes, that takes some doing. And my thought has always been the worship leader ought to provide that gift to the preacher. Like, Hey, I don't want to stress you out here, but I'd love to get together and meet. When can we find some time? And mm-hmm. just keep that ball rolling because the pastor will appreciate it, but it takes a little bit to do it. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Number eight, prayer. Yeah. Um, prayer is a huge part of this. And and really, it's what kind of gives us the things like vision and the things like creativity to lead our team and to uh, humbly ask for big expectations from those who are joining us and to um, help encourage the pastor and love our church and love the ministry to be in line with God's heart for what we're doing. All those things um, basically are part of that. And and so, yeah, we we have to develop ways to to seek the Lord each day, to spend time in prayer, to have prayer lists on our phones or to invite people to pray with us or to have an email prayer list of our team, whatever we can do to um, just, you know, pray without ceasing and mm-hmm. and trust that God's going to do big things. And a lot of times there aren't big and bold things that happen in our churches and ministries because we're not really praying big and bold prayers. And Jesus wants things to happen in the church. And we sometimes are, are just too busy doing little things. And so yeah, that's, that's easy to get caught up in is, is worrying about, Oh, this little thing isn't working out. I got to fix that. Or yeah. not, like I said, not dreaming big enough, not having big enough prayers. Um, I, I need to make a little post-it note and stick it on my computer here and, <laughs> and uh, remind myself about that. <laughs> Me too. That's true. And and if we were going to round out all this list, um, flexibility and adaptability are really key to all this stuff, mm-hmm. and mainly because each worship team is unique. So even our two situations are totally different. And and um, so we have to just trust that God's at work in it. But every fall won't be the same. You don't have to say, oh, that was a great start to the fall. Let's do that every year from now on. Every fall is a little different. New mm-hmm. New routines, but whatever the case is, now is the time to really hit it hard and and really enjoy working with your team and uh, having kind of a splash as we as we get started. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a great conversation, and we want to encourage you again to share this episode with other worship leaders. And if you have a question or a barrier in your ministry that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast, send me a note to my email address, dave at worshipleadertoolbox.com. Blessings on your life and ministry, and we'll see you two weeks from now as we cruise towards our 100th episode. Yeah, we got to think of something for that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what we're going to do, but we'll have to have a party. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, take it easy, Dave. All right. See you.